Hello, and welcome back to this episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Sarah Jenkins. And I'm David Osmond. Welcome, you guys. Welcome. I'm really fascinated with this topic today that we're going to talk about, because for this episode, we're exploring something that a lot of people can relate to. I I think we all can, but we don't want to admit it, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's a key thing, is we're talking about managing rage, and Alora actually spoke. She speaks to this specialist, uh, Florence Ann Romano, and she's an author, she's an expert, and an advocate, and I think she gives some really important tips. Yeah. Well, we've all had those moments where we hit our walls. And so this is, I think, identifying where those are and how to manage best so we don't fall over into that (laughs) embarrassing moments. I was looking at the topic of this when I keep thinking of the Dude Perfect series from YouTube. Sure, yeah. If you haven't seen it, Dude Perfect, they're awesome. They do some amazing things. But there is a dude on there. He's, He's hilarious. His name's Ty. But he has a character that comes out randomly called the Rage Monster. monster. Okay, and just the randomly. Rage, rage Monster <laughs> just comes out. Just something triggers him, and he just loses his his ability to control himself. <laughs> he starts destroying stuff and crazy. Maybe there's a Rage Monster inside all of us that we have to just <laughs> identify and know how to control that. There that is. Beast. I think that the, everyone has, you know, their triggers and their things <laughs> that really get them mad. And I think that it's something we should talk about is really identifying these rage triggers, acknowledging our feelings and not having guilt and shame, because that's something that I think a lot of people might feel about that. Yeah, that's I would think so as well. It's a little embarrassing, maybe after the fact, like act like a, just a just a little baby, you know, just, <laughs> uh, just yeah, exactly. that, that was ter- terrible behavior. I should never have said that thing. Like I just uh, right. th- there's something inside of us, that that natural state of us that 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 we're, we all have. We have more things in common, I think, than we realize. We do. And this might be one of them, the ugly side of that. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear what, what Florence Ann Romano has to say about this. And she has experience. I'm trying to think what her background is. I know that, that Alora was able to dive into how she was able to come to these conclusions and what her expertise is. And so I'm really fascinated to kind of listen along with you guys as well. I am too. Should we get started? Let's do it. Let's do Hope it. Hope you enjoy it. I am sitting here with Florence Ann Romano. I'm so excited about it. She is an advocate, expert, and author, and she is talking us, talking to us today about mom rage and how to manage it. Florence, thanks for being with us. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get right to it. I know there are many moms out there who feel this, this term mom rage. What are some common triggers for it? Well, it's funny, whenever we talk about, you know, triggers for it, it's kind of the everyday that's going on around you, depending on how helpful everybody (laughs) is being. And sometimes they're just not. And sometimes they're not. Exactly. You know, and triggers can really be anything from as big as, hey, I haven't slept in about three years and seven months, or it's, you know, no one's helping me empty this dishwasher and it's been sitting here. And could you just do that one thing for me? Because I'm doing everything else. Mm -hmm. So it could really be a myriad of things. But what's important to understand is that all of that combined in your life, when you're juggling so many things and the balancing act is real that those things can be triggers and that fuse as long as it may be eventually is going to have to blow so Mm -hmm. whatever it is it's not wrong the feeling is never wrong I love that it's so it is okay to feel our feelings are ours but how does so all this stuff is going on you said you haven't slept I need help with the dishwasher can someone just help me without me asking what is the best way to identify these triggers to be like okay this is happening this is a trigger for me what is the best way to do that well, first, identifying it, of course, is, is important. And I think that this is a skill we constantly have to work on. But what I 
like to stress more, you know, than identifying it is actually what you're going to do once you do identify it. Cause you can, you can be like, you know what? I'm so tired. I'm stressed out. I know it. I didn't mean to blow up like that, but you know what? I'm just, I, I've had enough today. <laughs> it's more important that next thing, what you're going to do. And it's the asking for help part. Oh, that, that is so hard, Florence. Yeah. Yes, it is hard. It's hard for everybody. And, you know, I understand it's hard for all, especially for mothers, but everyone in this world tends to have mm -hmm. a hard time asking for help because the first thought in our mind is, oh, we're going to look weak. Oh, we look like we can't handle it. Oh, we look like we're, 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 we're failing at our life, at our jobs and everything. But the truth is community and village building and leaning on people, that's, that's the sweetness of life. That is a skill that we actively have to work on. I, me, myself, I, I have to say that to myself sometimes too, when I know I'm drowning a little bit and I'm going to reach out and ask for something. I always feel that guilt that comes along with it. But you know what? I actively, as an exercise, make myself take that step off sometimes what feels like that cliff because I know that in order for me to reach my goals, in order for me to be mentally, emotionally healthy, all that, I have to do that. And it's not all the time, but we also have to remember that we're not keeping score. That's something I think we also do too. If I'm going to ask right. for help, person's going to expect reciprocation. And that's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down about reciprocation and not using people, taking a people for advantage. Mm -hmm. But in most often, it, you're not going to be going down that road where people are going to be sitting there thinking, what have you done for me lately? Oh, yeah. And I think like you're saying, asking for help is something that really strong people are able to do because they realize that to be at their best, they're going to need some help. I mean, everyone needs it. Literally everyone needs help. Right. And, and the way we all need help is different. And it mm -hmm. depends on the reason, the season, whatever is going on in your life. But asking for help as much as we can normalize that, it would be fantastic, I think, for the world. And uh, it would be a much more supportive place, perhaps, to be able to exist. But it's one of the toughest things to do. It truly is. I don't, I don't know many people who have a really easy time asking for help. So yeah, exactly. let's, let's dive a little deeper into how can we acknowledge our feelings without the guilt and shame? So before we're even, even asking for help, how can we acknowledge this is what I'm feeling and not feel guilty about feeling it? That's going to be an exercise and a homework that I'm going to give you all right now. Perfect. Everyone get out pens and paper, right? get out of your phone, take notes. <laughs> is that I, I truly think sometimes we have to write it down why we feel that guilt and mm -hmm. let it go. And I think that that it's, I don't want people to be afraid to feel the guilt. Again, the feeling isn't wrong. It's the reaction we have to something. It's the way we speak to someone. It's the action that we take on the other right. side of it that perhaps is the problem. So if you're feeling that guilt, have that conversation with yourself or go for a walk and try to work it out. Call a girlfriend, call your mom, call whomever to try to say, this is what I'm working through right now or journal it, write it down and rip up that piece of paper and say, I'm going to write it down why I feel this way, but then I'm going to overcome this feeling and I'm going to take that step. It's, it's, it's about recognizing in yourself that you're fully human and you can fully feel those human feelings, but it's not getting in your own way.
There you go. I love, I'm one of those people that I feel like if I write something down, it's out of my head. So it's almost right. like it doesn't exist anymore. It's not taking space in my brain anymore. Right. I do the same thing with my girlfriends sometimes too. I'll call and be like, I'm giving this to you. Lucky you. <laughs> you. Lucky you. That's it. Lucky you're the winner today of my emotional mess, but here you go. And now it's yours and I'm walking away from it. But that's what girlfriends are for. <laughs> I love it. That community is so very important. So we've talked about asking for help, writing it down. What would you say is the very first thing you should do when it comes to coping with rage? Walking away is the thing I've learned the most about the rage part of it is walking away before you say something you're going to regret walking away before you do something you're going to regret. This is not always easy, but I want you know people to kind of go with me on this journey here. It's something that we're also teaching our children. When you don't have the answer, you just have the feeling, you just have the emotion, but you want to figure it mm-hmm. out. Sometimes the best thing to do is to say in the moment, I just cannot have this conversation right now. I need a minute and you walk away. And you know what? I think to myself, I would be okay if my kids said that to me. If if they if they said, you know, I just cannot, I know I'm don't I'm not gonna say the right thing. Mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna say something I'm gonna regret and I'm gonna walk away and we're gonna have this conversation in five minutes or whatever it's gonna be. And I think that that's very bold. I think it's very uh, aware mm-hmm. and I think it's mature. And I think if we can practice that ourselves and also show our children by example, that it's okay to walk yeah. away and correct yourself, that that's going to help them in the future and help us in the future realize that we can stay in control even when we feel our feelings are out of control. I love that because even outside of mom rage, everyone feels rage at some point in their life. It's, it's a human emotion and being, like you said, so self-aware to be like, you know what? I don't want to lose it. Please give mm-hmm. me time. It's something everybody can learn. And, and it's not going to be perfect. I mean, gosh, the other day, even with my, my own boyfriend, I was like, I didn't do what I said I should do, which was walk away and not talk about this right now. You're keeping but it real, Florence. I, yeah, I know. Let's all, let's be honest. This is, a, let's all be honest. And I said it. And he said to me, you said you were going to walk away. I go, but I didn't, did I? I came right. I didn't. I said, it, so I said it all and I shouldn't have done it. And so we're all going to mess up and that's okay. But the idea that we're working actively, as I've said, you know, is important on these skills. I mean, we expect kids to go to school and work on their ABCs and their one, two, threes and their critical thinking and all this stuff. We as adults, we shouldn't stop learning either. We shouldn't stop challenging ourselves to get better, to learn more. And this is just part of it. I love it. And Florence, who's perfect anyway? So you admitting yelling at your boyfriend. We're all imperfect. That's the first step, right? Saying I'm not perfect. Please, please bear with me. I'm sure he forgave you. So we've talked about writing things down. We've talked about walking away. We've talked about a community. What are other ways we can cope with rage? This idea of the the technological world that we live in today, as much as we all condemn it sometimes, social media and things of that nature, it really has helped, especially as we've all navigated the pandemic, feeling like we are supported when you can't actually be with someone. Remember mm-hmm. when we couldn't actually physically be together? Oh, and so hard. Right? We had to find ways to be together, and it became Zoom and FaceTime and 
uh, Skype and all those different things. And so the first thing I want to offer people is that it doesn't have to be the next door neighbor. It doesn't have to be someone who is physically there to be able to offer you support. And I've found that so many different Facebook groups and social media groups have become a support system for lots of people where they can write that DM or they can get on the phone and make that call. And maybe that's all you need sometimes yeah. is to be able to do that, is to just have an outlet. And the most important thing is we all want to be seen, heard, and understood. Yes. And if you can that, right? If you can find that with somebody out there who understands what you're going through in the season of life that you're going through it, then you're not going to feel alone and you're going to feel like, you know what, I can move this mountain. Absolutely. I love that. Well, and especially because I feel like oftentimes people think of social media and they think, oh, I can, you know, mindlessly scroll on this and it's maybe not right. doing a lot for me. Or they think about other negative sides of social media, but you're saying, right. hey, this is a great tool for support. It's, it is. It's a great tool for support. And, you know, it's kind of the, the virtual scream into a pillow, as I like to call it. <laughs> well, I mean, know? if you physically want to scream into a pillow, yeah. I personally think that's fine. I think it's <laughs> fine, too. Oh, my gosh. We have this thing in Chicago where we actually have these rooms now, these destruction rooms. You can go in and actually break stuff. You put on protective yes. gear. And you can go and like break a bunch of stuff in a room. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what happened that we, we all as a society need to have like this room that we all go to and break stuff. But you know what, to each their own, maybe that's what you need to do. But whatever it is for you to be able to release it in a healthy way mm -hmm. to do that. But again, circling back to the most important part, it's the asking for help that is the most important part because that's going to help you maybe not get to that blow point all the time where you feel like I am just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing everything right. down. And instead, if you can start to balance it, where mm -hmm. people are going to be able to be a part of your village, a part of your community and be there to lean on, then that fuse is going to get longer and longer. And maybe you won't feel the need to blow up as often as maybe you have been. There you, so what would you say to moms who maybe have really young kids? We're talking maybe, you know, three to five age, and they can only do so much. Are, is it still okay to ask these really young kids for help? Absolutely. I think that the other mothers right now, at least from what I've seen in my own community, they like to feel like they have that 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 girl gang or that boy gang or whatever it is yes. that they like to call it and refer to, that asking for help, even for to other busy people, you're not putting the burden on them because they also... Oh. Uh, and a very strong sense of wanting to be able to be there and be seen, like we said before. So if, if they're able to help you, you and you're giving them something, you're giving them a gift in some sort of way of, oh my gosh, this is something I've gone through. I know how to have empathy about this. I know how to support this person through this. And then eventually you're, it's going to come back to you in that boomerang way that it does. But I think that when we help each other and we see each other going through these things, it makes all of us stronger. We all rally against the people generally that need that moment. And especially a moment that everyone usually can identify with. And if you have kids that are around the same age, there's no one better to understand you in that moment of life than that person. And I think what you said there is so key is when we start asking for help, other people see us do that and think to themselves, oh my word, I can do that as well. Her asking for help 
uh, her taking a step away is showing me things that I can do that maybe I've been scared of or maybe I've been feeling guilty to do. Um, right. So it's almost like you're leading by example when you're asking for help. It is. And it's this like kind of subconscious way of, of asking, giving permission in some sort of way to be able to do it, making it okay, normalizing it in that moment. And I think we all need that. And if you're not the one to make that step, um, and someone else shows you, then you're going to do the next right thing. You're going to take that next step. You're going to help somebody. And then hopefully it becomes a ripple effect. The next right thing. That is one of my favorite quotes, Florence, actually. <laughs> so let's, oh. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, I won't go Disney on you, but it, it's from a Disney movie, but <laughs> you can go Disney to me anytime. I, 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 we all every day. <laughs> so my next question for you is how does starting and ending our days with time for ourselves help with rage? So you're doing it at the beginning of the day and the ending of the day. How does that help? I know a lot of people, what self-care looks like is going to be different. I know for me, for you, it's always going to be different. And I love when people say, you know, going to the grocery store by myself, you know, that, you know, people say like that, or someone sends me to the grocery store by myself, that that should be the self-care for me that day. Well, who are you to tell me what, what's going to make me feel good? Maybe that's not the thing that's going to make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be five minutes getting to meditate before bed, or it's going to be, you know, 15 minutes on the phone with one of my girlfriends, you know, after dinner, while my spouse or my partner is going to watch the kids just so I can have some grown up conversation. It's whatever it needs to be for you. And I, and I really stress to people, it's not about the quantity. It is the quality of whatever it is that you want to do. Perfect. I know one of my girlfriends, she gets up extra early. Yeah, she probably has darker circles than she wishes under her <laughs> eyes, but she gets up extra early in the more every morning to journal because she feels the difference between when she doesn't and she does and how she parents that day. And that is her self-care time. That is how she starts her day. And so whatever it is to you, and it doesn't have to be the same thing every single day. It doesn't even have to happen every single day. Okay. But if you make commitment to doing something maybe a few times a week for yourself in that way, again, the quality over quantity, I think you're going to see those small steps becoming big changes. Perfect. Florence, we are almost out of time. And before we wrap up, I want to ask you, we do something on our podcast called The Fresh Five, where I ask you five random questions and you give me your answers. They're really okay. simple questions. Um, so we're going to start with, if you could hop on a plane right now, where in the world would you go? Greece. Oh, see... Florence, that would have been my answer. I guess I'll see uh, you at the airport then. Perfect. Great. <laughs> and we can have, you know, our self-care time. Perfect. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> Grab your passport. Let's go, girl. All right. I am so ready. <laughs> All right. My next question for you is what is your favorite song? Oh, right now it's dust to dust. It depends. It depends on the day. Dust to dust. I can't even think of the singer right now. It, it, it might be, I can't, I don't know, but it, that's, it's been on my, uh, it's been on repeat for me when I read. I love it. Do you want to sing it to us? Absolutely <laughs> not. No one wants to hear No one wants to hear me. Uh, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. All right. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? that probably every woman probably feels eat anything I want and not gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> She's just, Florence, just keeping it real with us. Just being honest. I, I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So the next one is what is your favorite movie quote? 
Oh, I, oh, that's okay. Miracle on 34th street. Uh, the, the newer one, uh-huh. uh, with um, Dylan McDermott, who's my crush, uh, uh, the Santa Claus says in it, if you can't give anything up to faith, you're doomed to live a life dominated by doubt. Ooh, that is beautiful. I, I love it. love that. That is, I, I love that favorite movie quote. That is a great one. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, so if you, and this last one, like I told you, these are really random questions. If you were in the Olympics, so you're automatically just super talented, you're an Olympian, winter, summer, which sport would you want to compete in? Oh, ice skating. I was a big Christiana Yamaguchi fan. Yes. In her heyday, I still watch to this day. All the When the Olympics are on, I am always watching. I'm always excited, and ice skating is always my favorite. And I remember the whole Nancy Kerrigan, that whole thing happening. I remember watching that all play out. So, yeah, if I was if I all of a sudden woke up with lots of talent, give me all the sequins, <laughs> give me all the, all the leotards in the world, and get me on that ice, girl. I I'm mean, ready. any sport that has sequins in it is one of my favorites, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> Well, Florence, we have loved talking with you. You have given us amazing tips when it comes to not just mom rage, but if maybe someone out there isn't a parent, how to handle rage. You have been truly a delight. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And everyone listening, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe our podcast. And we will catch you next time. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.